you for joining the ladies of Her Portion Podcast. Come, pull up a seat at the table, because you are welcome here. Grab your Bible and a pen, and let's dig into God's Word together. Take a moment and pray that God would open your heart to Him as you listen. So without further ado, let's get right into today's portion. Good morning, this is Jackie Carr, pastor's wife and mama to five. I don't know if you're listening in the morning, but right now I'm preparing this podcast episode in the early morning and I love, love the hearing the birds sing right before the sun starts peeking out and I absolutely love the early mornings. They're quiet and peaceful. I've always considered myself a morning person, but it hasn't always been easy for me to get up early in the morning. It's funny, actually, because my love for coffee began when I was pregnant with my oldest. The worst thing I struggled with during my pregnancies was extreme fatigue. I was so tired. Coffee and running became my saving grace. During the time that I was pregnant with Quitman, he's my oldest son, our church bought a camp. Well, my husband was responsible for the camp because he was a youth pastor. It was about an hour and a half away. So during the summertime, we would drive up there to clean the dorms. We would clean the pool and Dan would manage the acreage with mowing and weed eating and all the things. I remember during that time, I had a passion for Jesus and serving him for a really long time but I couldn't seem to figure out a way to discipline myself to have my personal devotions. I'll never forget being in camp week that first year, being pregnant with my oldest and being so overwhelmed with the responsibility of teaching my children about Jesus. And how would I do that if I didn't even spend time with Jesus myself? It was that summer, a little over 15 years ago, that I decided in my heart that I would walk with Jesus daily. Man, I have learned so much more since then, and I understand walking with God is more than just reading our Bible, but that one decision I made is in the top three most pivotal decisions that I've made in my entire life. One being salvation, two marrying Dan Carr, and then three is having that time with Jesus. So when you look at personal devotions... I prefer to walk to I prefer to refer to it as walking with God. Yes, you need a time and place, but it's a constant daily moment by moment surrendering to the spirit, leaning on the truth of his word and acknowledging him in everything. Thinking about this topic, I always like to look at the life of David. You know, he wasn't perfect, but he walked with God. In fact, in Psalm 17, David is praying and says, keep me as the apple of the eye. He was confident in his relationship with the Lord. The Psalms are important in our walk with the Lord as we draw close to him. In Ephesians 5, where it talks about being filled with the spirit, it says to speak to yourselves in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So when it comes to my personal devotions, I always start with a psalm to prepare my heart. I want my heart to be tender to what the Lord has to say to me each day. So let's start in Psalm 56. In verse 13, it says, For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living? 
First of all, before we can begin to talk about personal devotions, we must know that our souls are saved from death. One day, we all have an appointment with death, even though we don't know when that will be, but our soul is going to live forever. There's only two places, y'all, heaven or hell, and it has nothing to do with if you were good or bad. It has to do with the fact that Jesus has already paid the ultimate price for all of us to be able to go to heaven, but we must first put our faith in his finished work on the cross and that he rose from the grave. He shed his perfect blood to cleanse us from our sins. Therefore, now, since I'm saved, everything has changed for me. Let's look at verse 4 in Psalms 56. It says, In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. One thing I've learned is that nothing anyone can do to me or say about me can keep me from walking with God. With God, I'm safe. There have been hard seasons where I struggled with fear and knowing how to pray specifically. During those times in your life, I challenge you to find verses to pray to the Lord out loud. We can praise his word. This is the season that David was in. In verse three, it says, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. We must trust the Lord that no matter what happens in life, We can trust him and we will be okay. Next, let's look at David's prayer. In verse nine, it says, when I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know for God is for me. David cried to God. David shared his heart and his innermost thoughts with God. But I love that he says, this I know that God is for me. Are you confident Are you that confident in your relationship with the Lord that you can say that he is for you? You can be. When you accepted Christ, that's just one of the many benefits. You have God on your side. Romans 8.31 says, What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Romans 8 has been my power chapter lately. Philippians 4, Romans 8, Proverbs 31, and 1 Corinthians 13 are chapters I like to listen to out loud in my prayer or my walking time. And almost, and I almost forgot Psalms 1. I love Psalms 1. There's also power scriptures I like to meditate on daily. Many come from these chapters I listed, but also I like to meditate on Romans 12, 1 through 2. Okay, let's do a quick recap. When it comes to our personal devotions, we must first be saved. We need to be in God's word and prayer constantly. But let's go back to Romans. I want to share one more major part of our walk with God that I've really leaned into the last several years. If you read in Ephesians 5, it talks about a wife and her role to submit to her husband. Then Romans 7, it begins to talk about that law. If a, if a woman is married, she's bound to the law of submitting to her husband. But if he's dead, she's freed from that law, Paul explains. And then he compares her to before we were saved. We were bound to the law. But Romans 7, 6 says, but now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. 
Now he goes on to say that just because I'm free from the law, that doesn't give me a license to go and do what I want to do, but it frees me from the fear of what if I mess up? What if I disappoint God? Many times this fear keeps people from walking with God. They don't understand all that took place at the cross and the victory that we now have in Jesus. Paul admits in the same chapter, the things he should do, he finds himself not doing. And the things he shouldn't do, he slips up and does them anyway, because we still struggle with the flesh and our sinful nature. Our sinful nature in Romans 7, 14 through 25, it talks all about this. As Christians, we can be so quick to look at people we think are holy and, and we are quick to measure ourselves by them like, I know the kind of sinner I am and I'll never be able to have that closeness with Jesus. First of all, that's not true at all. Jesus tore down the wall going into the holiest of holies so that we can have access to him anytime, any place, and whatever state we find ourselves in. It's sad, though, that many good and sweet Christians don't live in victory and fellowship with the Lord because verses are taken out of context and Christians are living in their walk with God as saved people according to Old Testament scriptures. I'm sorry, but if you are saved today, the Holy Spirit is not going to leave you like he did with Saul in the Old Testament. There's so much fear with Christians and churches because we aren't rightly dividing the word of God. Babes in Christ stay babes in Christ because they haven't come to the understanding of who they are in Christ. I've been doing this study the last five years and it's been transformative for me. There's so much peace and joy that comes from understanding all that happened at salvation. Lastly, I want to share a few practical tips that can help you establish the habit of your personal devotion time. Now, these are just ideas, and in no way do I think that this is how you must do it. Everyone is different, and all kinds of different things work for different people. I understand that. We all have different personalities and different strengths and weaknesses, but I want to share what has worked for me. When I first began, I started with a time and place. I gave myself something that I looked forward to. For me, it was coffee with mostly French vanilla creamer. I think I like the French vanilla creamer better than the coffee. But I found a cute journal and I found a cute little pen. Then I would start by asking God to open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Psalms 119. And I started in conversation asking the Lord to speak to me that day. Now, when it comes to Bible reading, I first started with the one-year Bible because I had always wanted to read through the Bible entirely. I did that for several years. Then I switched to reading two chapters in the Old Testament and then two chapters in the New Testament, which it'll take you through the Bible in one year. Now I read a Psalm, sometimes multiple, depending on my mood or feelings for the day, but I read a Psalm and a proverb first. I talk to God about it. And then I slowly read and I study and I sort through um, other places in scripture. I read a chapter in the Old Testament, and then I read a chapter a day out of the books to the church. I don't always do all of that every day. When I say a book to the church, meaning um, Paul's epistles to the church, but I don't always do all of that every day because sometimes God gives me a nugget that I like to study out and I like to meditate on. I don't try to rush through it anymore just to read it and just to say I read my Bible. Another thing for me as a mom and getting up early in the morning to spend time with Jesus 
is just having that quiet early morning. I know this doesn't work for everyone, but I want to give Jesus the first part of my day. Now, that's been difficult for me to learn. It's been difficult for me to make that a habit and discipline myself to do that. But I want my day to start with him so that my entire day is focused on him. I want him to guide my every step. For me, I love to walk and pray. If I could tell you the amazing stories and how the Lord has fellowshiped with me, it's just unreal. When I lived at our old house and would walk and run early in the morning, my neighbors would eventually ask me about it. I was able to lead one of my neighbors to the Lord one early morning. I still remember being dark outside. And then I was able to bring two families to church that were on our street and they got saved. And one family is still in church serving God together as a family. Now I spend a a good deal of time worshiping the Lord, telling him all the things I'm thankful for. Because God says he sees the desires of our heart. He knows those desires and prayers that we have and the burdens of our heart. And we can cast them upon him and he will take our burdens. But Philippians 4 tells us to be careful for nothing. We literally have nothing to worry over because we are to pray about everything. It says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. When we do this, his peace permeates our lives. I want to finish this in Proverbs chapter two, and I'm going to read it. But this is a chapter I read this morning. Proverbs chapter two and verse number six, it says, for the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. Who are the uprightly? The ones who are looking up to God for their strength on a day-to-day basis constantly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity. Yea, every good path. Wouldn't you like to say that you could understand every good path that the Lord has for us? Wouldn't we all love to say we had the wisest being and creator of the universe leading our path? Yea, every good path. I want to stay on the best path, and I'm sure you do too if you're listening. So let's get Christ involved in every aspect of our lives. Joining us today on Her Portion. We hope you leave with plenty to ponder from God's Word. We encourage you to use today's topic to start your own study in the Scriptures. Until next time.